Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship, where we get to talk horses. We're your hosts. I'm John Hare. And I'm Renee Hare. Thanks for listening and sharing our horsemanship journey. Over one weekend in October, we traveled to two different horse expos. One was uh, the Norco Horse Affair 2017. And the other one was Best Horse Practices Summit in Durango, Colorado. They offered two unique opportunities to learn more about horses. And we're going to tell you first about the Norco Horse Affair this week. And then next on next week's show, we're going to talk about the Best Horse Practices Summit. Both events were inaugural events, Mm -hmm. so it was the first year they were being held. And they both had a very unique feel to them. So we're going to tell you a little bit about that as we go through today's show. First of all, the the Norco Horse Affair. Which was a nice, easy drive from home. Right, it was about a two and a half hour drive (laughs) from Bakersfield. And we got there early, got to uh, travel around the city of Norco for a bit. That's just a wonderful place. It's very horse-friendly. There are bridle paths along the main streets and trails that run everywhere. There's plenty of trailer sales lot and tack shops and feed stores all over the area. Hitching rails everywhere. You could ride almost anywhere and tie your horse up and go on inside. The event was being held at the uh, George Ingalls Arena. Right. Or equestrian grounds, I forget the... It was a a real nice facility, big covered um, arena, a big one and a small one, yeah. And one of the things about this type of event is it was more the, what what we've learned to have as the typical horse expo, a fairly large group of vendors and then multiple presentations going on at the same time. So there would be uh, two arenas with different uh, interests going on and then there was always the breed pavilion and then there was shopping that was going on pretty much right, everywhere. Right. This type of event really being local was really seemed like a more social event. As, a more hometownish. you would run into people that you know as a matter which of, we did. <laughs> as a matter of fact we did yes we ran mm-hmm. into Jan Wanamaker who we've ridden with mm-hmm. a couple of times on the on ETI rides right. and uh, we ran into her while we were walking the grounds. And got to say hi. Jan how fun to run into you at the Norco Horse Affair. I know it's wonderful huh Renee? Yes. What are you out here for today? We came up to cover it for the podcast and just looking around enjoying the day. How far did you drive Jan? I came from Acton, so it was about a little, little under two hours. Oh, that's a ways. And what were you looking forward most to seeing? Well, I want to see some of the clinics that they're offering today, and then, of course, just owning horses. It's always about what my ponies may or may not need, right? <laughs> Going to do some shopping? Well, the husband says no, but, you know, we'll He's not see. here, Yeah, right? I know. He's not, huh? <laughs> we came without him. Yeah, there's lots of fun vendors. Absolutely. So we just got here a little bit ago, but it's going to be a great day, I can tell you that. And depending on how great it is today, we'll probably be back again tomorrow. Great. Well, have fun. Thanks for talking to us. Sure. Thanks very much for having me, John. And then I'm always looking for... (laughs) John loves cowboy stories. (laughs) What can I say? He loves them. I love cowboy stories. I love old cowboy stories, and I love old cowboys and... And lo and behold, (laughs) we're walking along. (laughs) 
you know, just old people. I just, maybe because I'm becoming one of them. <laughs> but they have such great memories. And Chuck Morris is an author who had a little booth out with his books that he had written about cowboy stories and just seemed like a guy that I really needed to talk to. He was a, he was a nice old fella. And so we got a few words in with Chuck. Yes. We're here at the Norco Horse Affair, and we're talking with Chuck Morris. Chuck, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? Great. And what do you do, Chuck? I'm an author. I write Western fiction with frontier history uh, woven through it. It's not all about history, but it has a lot of facts in it. And there's no, no bad stuff in it. It's, it's good reading, easy reading. And what's your latest book? My first one was Jack Montana. The second one is Jack Montana's Quest. It's a sequel. And can you tell us a little bit about the character Jack Montana? Well, book number one, uh, it tells about Jack as he's uh, raised up into an adult. Uh, He's an orphan, and uh, he winds up in this ranch in in Billings, Montana. So it tells where he is, how he gets there, who he is. And then from there, Jack Montana's Quest talks about his adult life. And uh, what time period is it written in? Uh, just after the Civil War in the 1800s. Where can our listeners get your books? Okay. <laughs> I, right now I don't have a website, but I have email. So I, I have people emailing me wanting books, and I just sign them and, and send them to them. That'd be great. Well, thanks, thanks for taking time out to thank, talk to us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jerry Tyndall is a local trainer, home-based in Victorville, California. He was there doing a presentation on horses versus mules. Is versus the right word? He he has both. He likes both. But he was doing a presentation on, on some of the differences. After his presentation, we wanted to learn a little bit more about horses and mules. And Jerry was kind enough to invite us into his living quarters trailer. We sat down and we got a few minutes to talk to him about the difference between horses and mules, and some of the challenges recreational riders have with training their horses. Jerry knows his stuff, and he states what he knows in a very simple, straightforward manner, and he's really easy to talk to. And here's a little bit more with Jerry Tyndall. Jerry Tyndall. Tyndall. Tyndall, okay. So we're here with Jerry Tyndall at the Norco Horse Affair. This is Friday. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thank you very much. Just got a part of your demonstration, and it was horses versus mules? What was your topic? Yeah, the topic they wanted me to talk about was uh, helping people understand and if there is a difference between the horse and the mule. And, and when it comes right down to it? No. <laughs> the difference is I think people don't understand the mule, so therefore they think he's different. But uh, studying the way I study today and teaching traveling all over, doing the horsemanship and the mule clinics, I understand that people are not as educated in the in the overall aspect of horsemanship as much as they would like to be. So therefore, they don't quite understand. And I think you need to have a little more clear picture of going into the horse and the mule industry if you've not been around it in a while. And what do you think the one thing that most people struggle with in their horsemanship? Getting in a hurry. Mm-hmm. asking for something that they don't know what they're doing or maybe the animal's trying to get there but he hasn't done it yet and then they don't release and reward and so I think the time factor and uh, the whole country is so fast and the traffic is so busy and people work and they've got lives and they've got kids and obligations and 
I think some of that is transferred over into when we go to out to, to work with our stock and we're in such a hurry we might miss the try or miss the simple thing and I think it helps if we just slow down. I think that's key. So many people work these days. They're just out there on the weekends. Sure. And want to have as much fun as they can have in the shortest amount of time. You bet. Yeah. Well, I've always ridden horses, so I just never saw any reason to ride a mule. <laughs> but comfort-wise, what the same? They're very comfortable. The gates are good. Their gates are good. Uh, they have a more of a natural fast walk. So they come out really wanting to walk fast. And, and a mule moves a little different than the horse. A horse has kind of a left-to-right movement, mm -hmm. and, it, and they're a little bit more side-to-side. -side. But because the mule has a, a little bit more of a straighter way of going and a little bit forward, he seems to kind of go more this back and forth rather than side-to-side. Yeah. -side. I've always and, thought of them as jerky. Yeah, yeah. and you'll notice it in the pack strings as well because they pack really well mm -hmm. because they don't have a lot of side-to-side. -side. Oh. They have more forward-to-back. And if you've ever seen a real nice right. mule just really hit a lick, boy's ears are just going in time, and mm -hmm. they, they have a very nice, smooth way of going. Yeah. How long have you been working with mules? As long as I can remember. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, and I've, I've, I've had mules forever and have just really been fond of them. And, and luckily I studied enough to where I understand mechanically the horse and the mule. And I get along with them really well. And it just really helps me like them because I think people would like them more if they could get along with them. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, like not any, be hurt by them. Any <laughs> subject that we get into, I believe we would benefit if we would study the subject. But because the horses and the mules are such a hobby and sometimes a way of people escaping their real life and trying to get out of it a bit and having some quiet time or some therapy, but we still have to understand what they're made of and how they need to be supported by us. If there's one thing you were going to tell someone who was looking to get a mule, what would it be? First of all, know what you want your mule to be and get that type of mule. It's really interesting to me that I travel all over the country and it seems to be people are trying to rescue something or they're trying to get something that needs extra help and they don't have the tools to do that. Right. Uh, so if you want something that's going to get that's going to be with you and kind of be safe with you and be around you and your family, get something that fits that that mode. Right. If people want to find out more about Jerry Tyndall, where can we send them? You bet. Just go to jerrytindall.com or uh, look us up on the web page find any way you can contact me and uh, come by and have a cup of coffee you can drive fly <laughs> do a home and pigeon whatever you need we really are in the people business and we love the people that come with us and you're all welcome to stop by That's right. and your home base is victorville victorville said? california yeah. Yeah. thanks for joining us today. thank you for your time thanks we wanted to give you a little bit more of a feel for what the event was like. If you've never attended a horse expo, maybe you live in the middle of the country and they don't come around very often, or you're in a different country, it's it's kind of a an electric feel when you have a good clinician talking to the audience and giving them straightforward advice. We were able to capture a little bit of Jerry's presentation about horses and mules so Jerry was practicing what he calls picking him up at the fence. John and I refer to it as the mounting exercise. But he's working on getting his mule to step toward him at the fence. And he's also working on keeping the mule's mind on him. So he's doing this in front of um, his, his attendees. 
and just has a great way of speaking. And one of the things about this particular event, as far as Horse Expo goes, is that the crowd got to be right next to the fence, and they were talking... Just back and forth with each other. With each other. And when and I, I had to pump up the volume of some of the questions, so you might hear a little of the audio go up and down. And it was really a windy day. Uh, but I think you're going to get a feel for what it was like to actually be sitting in the stands watching Jerry and uh, work with his mule. It's pretty rough, right? It's just getting a little tired. Oh, he's not tired. He wants to do something else. No, no. No, no. He just... He's... No, he's not tired of it, ma'am. He's just testing me. Oh, okay, because I noticed you're not really hitting him. You're hitting his pad or his saddle. Yeah, that's energy. You're just trying to get his attention. And I will get it. But he's not tired. He's thinking, I'd rather do something else. Well, he doesn't get to do anything else. You see, when you guys ride down the trail and something happens, you can't think about, well, can you do something else? No, do one specific thing only. And that's where I can help you the most. This is pretty simple. But just like that deal, just wait till it gets better. Bring your hindquarters. I want his hindquarters, like that. You see, if he just fiddles around like this, his mind doesn't give to me. He must give through his feet. But just like your horse, when you teach your horse, don't lay down. And that's part of where we have to say today, I'd just like to learn a little more about being more accurate. Then when I go to get on, whether it's the ground or here, be aware of getting on, getting off. There's more people that get into trouble in those two areas than when you ride. When I get on him, I don't want him thinking about going anywhere. This is a, a McCarty set up in a snaffle bit. This gives me a pair of hobbles. It gives me a lead rope, gives me a lot of things I can do. I can tie him with this without a halter. Uh, it gives me a lot of training factors uh, with this. But Now, when I go to get on him, I'll get organized. I won't get on with no hands. You see it all the time, like this. I would never get on. That'd be like getting in the back seat and trying to get to the steering wheel. You don't have any timing. So take your timing and get it caught up here. Get yourself organized. And make sure he stands still. When I go to get on him, I'm going to get on from the fence, not the stirrup. When I get on, I sit down and I shut up and take my stirrups. My hands are on the reins. My get-down rope goes over the horn and through my belt. That way I can get to it or use it if I need it. Now, he doesn't get to go anywhere. I can adjust my stirrup. I can adjust my cinch. I can get my saddle. I can take my rope down. I do whatever I want. I just want him to know he can't go till the command is given. Now, here's focus. See where he wants to look over there? I just bring him back there. And they're very clever at not giving enough to you. They're not going to give enough. They're going to say, hey, I don't have to do that. But you guys get a little bit more determined today in a very simple way. Uh, it's training regardless of what happens, so I'm going to ask him to back up. I teach him to back up with a light feel, see him drop his head, like that. Keep him focused. I keep my saddle centered, I keep my posture, I keep my balance very accurate. I want to ride. If he, if he takes off, if he bolts off, if he wants to do whatever, I want to be better prepared to ride whatever he does. So I don't get sloppy. I don't get complacent. Uh, I ride too many of them that I have to be more attentive, and I've learned to be attentive on all of them. 
So my get down rope is secured, my reins are good, so I'll just kind of go through a little exercise of warming him up. Lateral is the best thing you can do. The, he has all the power straight. Uh, I don't ride straight till I get lateral. So you guys want to learn to have a one range stop. Everything, horse or mule. Now the, the problem in the mule industry is they say, well, I can bend my mule's head around, but he won't stop. Anybody ever heard that? You can bend the mule's head clear to his rib cage, but he continues to go. Well, he has to change his feet. So just like on the ground, when you saw the hindquarter stepping under, I want the hindquarter to step under when I stop him. I also want hindquarter control to take a lead departure or a lead change. Everything in that's done from your hindquarters. So let me just work on the hindquarters for you through the bend in the neck. Everything is done one-handed, one side at a time. This was just a little taste of what was going on at the Norco Horse Affair. You know, this was their very first year doing this in Norco, California, which it's a natural place for a horse expo. We got to see our friend Matt Sheridan doing his basic horsemanship, five positions to... Uh, to build a bridal horse. Right. Mm -hmm. And even though it was, uh, attendance was kind of light on Friday, which was the very first day, I talked to Matt and he said that the crowds did build over the weekend and they're uh, looking to have another great event next year. And we want to thank Fran and Lisa, the organizers of the event, for inviting us down and showing us around, letting us uh, have access to the grounds and checking everything out. It was really a fun time in Norco and we're looking forward to going next year. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for today's show. We hope you enjoyed our experiences at the Norco Horse Affair. You can look for that event in Norco, California in 2018. And we want to thank all the people we got to talk to, Jan Wanamaker, author Chuck Morris, and trainer Jerry Tyndall. It was a great time. We learned a lot from them and, and the other seminars that we got to see on Friday. And we'll have all the links and email addresses that were mentioned in our interviews in the show notes at wopodcast.com. And in the meantime, use the Apple Podcast app to subscribe to the Woe Podcast and you'll never miss an episode. You can also subscribe on Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. They're all free, and they're all free at wopodcast.com. The Woe Podcast is produced by John and Renee Hare with occasional research support from Robin Kane and support from you, our listeners. If you would like to support the show, visit wopodcast.com and click on the Patreon button. Please visit wopodcast.com and sign up for our emails to stay up to date. Have a suggestion for a guest? A comment? Email john at wopodcast.com. Thanks for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends and riding buddies. Until next time, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. On today's show, we're going to give you the first half of the story of our... <laughs> Let's see. I guess I should have thought about this before I started talking. <laughs>